Where Nobody Knows Your Name is recorded in front of nobody. Hello and welcome to Where Nobody Knows Your Name. I'm John. And I'm James. I tell you what, James, this is a good episode. Fear is my co-pilot, released on the 13th of March, 1986. Ooh. Yeah. That's a tempting title there. I'm looking at that going, tell me more about this fear you speak of. I'm looking at it going, how is that going to be an episode of Cheers? Where's the pilot come into it? And I didn't realise how on the nose it would be. <laughs> exactly. But it's uh, the title is a parody of the autobiography and movie God is My Co-Pilot in 1945, about pilot Robert Scott Lee Jr. and his experiences in the Chinese theatre in World War II. That pretty much sums up this episode, I'd, I'd say. To an extent, yes. And this episode is, of course, directed by James Bowes and written by Cherie Aiken and Bill Steinkellner. Where should we begin, James? Should we start with the cold open? Yeah, let's start with the cold open before we dive into the tumultuous events of uh, the main episode. It's quite a good uh, cold open. It, it starts off with Woody, who's realised the time's nearly five. That's a problem, because it means that a sort of regular in the bar comes in who is a bit of a blabberer. And it's not Cliff this time. Yeah, I think I think that's what people suspected. <laughs> but luckily, Woody's upset and concerned and quite anxious. But we've got Fraser on hand to calm his nerves. Yeah, he's getting some advice from uh, everyone else in the bar. Carla's got some good advice, which is pretty quick and sharp to the point. But Fraser has some advice, which is a bit more long-winded. Calm yourself. There's no need for concern. I'm sure he's just a lonely man who wandered in here one day and found a sympathetic ear. Unfortunately, indulging him will only aggravate the problem. You see, people in this situation have a tendency to prattle on endlessly, totally unaware of how others are receiving this unwanted and innocuous information. Now, the next time a neurotic personality such as this gets off on one of these jags, just turn your back and walk away. Because, you see, the important thing is... Well, well just a second, I was... Oh, you merry band. And I still called open. I do love Frazier's chirpiness at the end of that. That was nice to see. Because he's, be, he's been quite down for most of this season. Well, I think he's starting to become a bit more of a regular. Yeah, exactly. Maybe we'll see that upgrade for season five that he so deserves. <laughs> or maybe he'll get tired of Diane's nonsense and leave. It's one of those two. Stay tuned. <laughs> really just flip a coin. <laughs> so, the main episode, we're introduced to quite the character. Before we get there, we kind of... Diane arrives at, at the bar and there's been a phone call for her from someone from her past, which is in that time jump from season three to season four that we know very little about, really. We kind of know a bit about what happened and just the fact that Sam got some trauma. But we know that the events that happened put Diane in a convent to sort of do penance. So we get a little bit of the backstory there. We know Diane got up to some activities and some which she, one, was not proud of, and two, she felt was sinful. And it goes by the name of Jack. <laughs> and this is someone who she met in Europe after leaving Fraser at the altar? Interestingly, his character name comes from a one-act comedy melodrama, Curse You, Jack Dalton. This, you could say, is a one-act comedy melodrama, this episode. That's true. That Only one, one plot, really. Yeah, exactly. And when this person from Diane's past com comes to the bar, it sparks quite a good sort of uh, debate. Because this person's quite high on energy, I'd say. High on life, isn't he? He doesn't, he's very, what's the word? Anti... 
establishment? Yes, anti-establishment, anti-rules. He just, you know, lives his own life, goes exploring, does whatever he wants, really. He's quite nomadic. There's quite a nice bit where he's, he's coming into the bar, he's been introduced to people, and he, like, shouts back their names at them and picks them up. And Norm's sort of waiting there, quite eagerly to be picked up. It's <laughs> <laughs> a bit funny. And then he gives him a firm handshake and he just goes, Norm. <laughs> We kind of see how he's kind of got by maybe maybe betting his way through life. Tries to bet a drink on a handshake with Woody. Tries to do the same with Sam. A handshake or an arm wrestle. An arm wrestle, that's right, yeah. A more aggressive handshake, you know? <laughs> so you can see that he's kind of been maybe chancing his luck through life and a bit reckless in that regard. And he's trying to, I guess, lure Diane back into that kind of happy-go-lucky, nomadic, carefree lifestyle that the two of them experienced in Europe. Yeah, and he kind of talks about what what they got up to in Europe. And it seems quite a stark contrast from the Diane that's working in the bar. And I think uh, especially Carla questions some of the things that he says because she just can't imagine them happening. Yeah, it was dancing on the tables, less things that Diane would do. I don't think anyone in Cheers is likely to do it. I don't know, Norm, Norm's a, a weird <laughs> fella. <laughs> but Diane recognises that that's a, a past that she doesn't want to revisit. Jack's keen to take her, originally sort of go on adventures with her again, and then she kind of says no, and he says, well, I've, I've got my plane here. Do you fancy a ride in the plane for all time's sake kind of thing? And that's never a good offer. Now we know why it's co-pilot in the title. Diane does quite a typical Sam kind of thing, where she tries to worm her way out of a situation through lying. Which I quite like the fact that Sam kind of won't be part of it. And kind of says, you know, he takes the sort of Diane stance and says, you have to come clean. You say that you just don't want to go, rather than make excuses. So there's quite a nice role reversal there. Jack is quite intimidating. He's quite the force to be reckoned with, I think. He's a bit creepy. Yeah, he's a bit creepy and he's not someone Diane or even me would really want to be alone with. Quite uncomfortable. But Diane is a solution to this, where she tells Sam that she doesn't want to be alone with him. So she says, well, Sam, why don't you come with me? It goes into that thing which has happened a few times as well, where it's like Diane says she's going to do this thing and then expects Sam to to be helping do it as well. And then they sort of, they're leaving the bar. Cliff tries to get in on the flight as well. Hey, uh, you know what, Dalton? Uh, spin up in that little birdie here. It sure sounds inviting. Yeah, they'll tell you all about it. Yeah, I guess they will. <laughs> which just goes to show how much the writers hate Cliff. Ken has been vocal. <laughs> on, on his hatred for Cliff. I imagine with Cliff, because he's such a exaggerated and weird character, they'd feel limited in what they could write about him, in that he's a cliche uh, of sorts. At some point, you'd feel like, I don't know what else we could do with this character. Another slightly different type, but Joey in Friends, the reason that his spin-off existed was because they felt his character hadn't developed as much as the other five friends. Mm. And you notice it as Friends goes on into its later seasons where Joey did almost become a parody of himself. But I think it's kind of established that he's kind of the butt of the jokes, both of them actually, and they're written that way. So it's almost all right to be mean to them because it's expected. We do then uh, visit, and, and we've talked a few times about how we've got to visit lots of different places in this new season. Now we get to visit the stars, James, as we are in the, the cockpit of a plane. Yeah, which I didn't expect. And I'll tell you what, we got that sweet establishing shot of a plane in the sky. And the production value, as you say, is, it's on the up. They're getting establishing shots of planes. It's quite a nice scene. You can see that uh, really there shouldn't be three people there. Yeah, no, there's two seats. Who knows what would happen if Cliff was there. Jack's kind of showboating a little bit. 
I think, to the expense of uh, the other two, making them feel a bit nervous. By going, yeah, take the wheel. Is that what it's called? Hey, Jack, uh, what, do you, what do you call this uh, steering wheel thing here? It's called a steering wheel. And I just kid, it's called a yoke. Bad yoke. <laughs> And yeah, it's it's a weird one because it's kind of uh, Dan said this is one that she she doesn't really trust, but essentially that he's very much in control of the situation because he's piloting the plane. Yeah, and I find that a strange situation because he could take them anywhere. And as pointed out later, for reasons we'll get into, if Jack did become incapacitated, say they were angry and Sam tried to beat him up, then they wouldn't know how to land the plane. Um, so really, they just have to put all of their fate in his hands, which is never a good thing to do with someone you don't trust. It's funny you mention that, James, because uh, he does leave the wheel for a bit and he dies. Bet you weren't expecting that, audience. <laughs> Jack's dead. Before we move on from there, let's take this brief moment to talk about uh, the actor behind Jack Dalton. In that suspenseful uh, little cliffhanger there for a second. Ooh, what will we do now? Jack's dead. And I'll tell you what, John, their fate is up in the air. <laughs> oh, that was pretty good. Of course we have. Kelsey Grammer is Dr. Fraser Crane in this episode. We can't go without mentioning him. But as you've said, the more important guest and the only other guest in this episode is Joseph Whip as Jack Dalton. He also appeared in General Hospital, Magnum Force, The Dukes of Hazard, Hunter, A Nightmare on Elm Street, Hill Street Blues, Moonlighting, The Golden Girls, 21 Jump Street, Night Court, The Wonder Years, Home Improvement, Scream, Baywatch, Melrose Place, Last Man Standing, and many others. Well, what a career. And I, I've got to say, he, he was he was good in this episode. He was good. He was definitely an uncomfortable character, but obviously deliberately so. Yeah, so Diane and Sam are, are pretty uh, scared, pretty anxious. You might say fear is their co-pilot, James, because they have no idea how to fly a plane or land. I don't know what I do in that situation. Need a new pair of trousers. <laughs> do you know, this is, uh, I think this was his plan all along. Jack's plan. And that's why, you know, when, when Cliff asked to come, he said no, because Cliff had sort of tried to showboat his knowledge of planes as well, you know? Mm. And he probably thought that this postal worker knows how to fly a plane. He'll wreck the plan. But also, what I haven't seen, but what I would think someone would have made is, have you heard of the edited version of Toy Story 3? And this is relevant, where someone made Toy Story 3 into a, well, they gave it a sad ending. How so? Oh, they killed them? You know that bit where they're going into like the, is it a garbage compactor? Yeah. Someone's edited it so it just fades to black and then plays You've Got a Friend in Me in the minor key. <laughs> they could have done this and have it as the finale of Cheers. They would have gone out with a bang, wouldn't they? If it was just Sam and Diane <laughs> accepting their fate as it faded to black and then you hear where everybody knows your name slowed down in minor key. That's pretty dark. What a traumatic ending that would be. They did that with a uh, British soap opera called Emmerdale, where they ended it by crashing a plane and, and killing everyone, including the sheep. Well, maybe it was that plane. <laughs> maybe you just stitch those two things together, James. Maybe I will. <laughs> <laughs> but in there, you know, you talked about them accepting their fate. I don't think they accept it because they talk a lot about what they regret. One of their regrets is how things not just ended, but went between them when they were in a relationship. They regretted how they treated each other. And it's quite bittersweet in that they accepted the fact that they didn't treat each other well. But they are glad that if this is how it ends, their life and possibly the show, then they're glad it's with each other. I'll tell you what, there's been some real 
dark moments this season. <laughs> Sam Lloyd, he's going to die alone in hospital. These two are just like, well, if we are going to die, then at least I've got company. They talk about the, the sort of regrets as well. He says that one of them, one of the days, him and Diane probably would have got married. And I thought this was quite a sort of, obviously that's sort of been the sort of end game of the show up till now. And it kind of reminded me of back in season three, Coach said something very similar about how that was how he sort of expected things to happen. It felt like a little bit of a callback to that. But in the moment of a nosedive where they're, they're probably not going to make it out, they sort of end up professing everything that's kind of been unsaid up until now. And then Jack Dalton's alive. <laughs> With a kind of, here's Johnny kind of smashing through a, a curtain. And he does have that proper Jack Nicholson face on, doesn't he? One of the things I've written in my notes is very white teeth. It was quite something. Because when I first watched this episode, I didn't know that Jack was still alive. So when he did appear, I, I went, Jack, but I thought you were dead. <laughs> but yeah, we find out that he's uh, he's been trained by Tibetan monks to slow his uh, heart rate down to one beat a minute. That seems too slow, but to each their own. <laughs> Whatever flies your plane. And that's what happens. He, he flies the plane back to safety. We, we cut back to the bar. Sam's got a shiner, a black eye, because he tried to fight Jack and ended up losing. The bit I did like was when Jack came back, because before he left and faked his death, he said, don't touch anything. And then when he came back into the copy, he was like, no, fine, I put it on autopilot. Or at least I did, because <laughs> Sam, in his panic, flicked all the controls. So really, Sam was the uh, orchestrator of his own demise. Or he would have been if Jack hadn't saved them. But I'll tell you what, in this scene at the end, Diane's slamming back tequila shots. Is she? <laughs> when we cut back, Diane is mid-narrative, talking about what happened. And she's already finished four large shots of tequila. Well, near-death experience, you know. And after talking about that ordeal, one by one, everyone in the bar starts to leave for the night and go home. And then Woody leaves and then Sam realises that he's been left alone with Diane and they're going to have to talk about what they had said whilst in this sort of near-death experience. Ugh, talking. Yeah, am I right? That's... And that's much how Diane feels. Some things were said between us that have never been said before and they were said because we were facing death and... Now that the crisis is over, I think we should set aside some of those things for when we can better deal with them. What I'm trying to say is that I think we should, for the time being, forget what was said on that plane. Hey, what plane, huh? The plane where you said your deepest desire was to marry. <laughs> That's the trivia bell, and that means uh, one thing. We've got some lovely trivia facts to ask each other, James. So I'm going I'm to kick this off, if you don't mind. Where did Diane and Jack meet? At the running of the bulls in Pamplona. Exactly. And uh, Fraser has got a good comment on this. He says, that's just like a woman. He says, whilst he was weeping bitterly, Diane was busy dodging bovine in sunny Spain. What county does Woody claim to be the arm wrestling champion of? Oh. This is a test of your knowledge of counties in Indiana. <laughs> this is Posey County. The thing which I'm not remembering was I thought it was a aggressive handshaking competitions, but no? Diane gets called a few things in this episode. I was wondering if you could just give a preview of some of the nicknames she's received across this episode. Stick, peroxide, uh, she-devil. We've got Miss 9 to 5, play it safe, dare I say eat a peach, and Miss Tardy Slip, because Diane's always late to the bar. 
Yeah, because Diane's a terrible waitress. What has Jack been spending most of the last year of since he met Diane? Sitting with Buddhist monks? I mean, yeah, generally, yes. He says he was in Tibet, centering his consciousness from secrets from the Book of the Dead. Oh, that's kind of spooky. Diane, worried that she's going to die, says that they'll have to identify Sam and Diane from their dental records. She is concerned because she hasn't been to her dentist for a few months. What is the name of her dentist? Uh, Dr. Moller? No, it's Dr. Oberding. Oh, I think my name was better because it was a pun. Ah, Dr. Teeth. Oh, yeah, from the Muppets. From the Muppets, yeah, and the Electric Mayhem. Great band. And that's Diane's dentist. That's the last call at the bar, James. Yeah, we haven't really identified a drink. I I suppose you said there were a lot of tequila shots, did you say? Yeah, four large shots of tequila. It looked like double or maybe 50, 60 mil. So it depends on which country you're in as to whether that is regarded as a double. But it looked like a 50, 60 mil glass. Well, I feel like we know our order. Now we just got to think about what we're going to cheers to for this episode. I was going to say not dying. That's a bit morbid. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's, uh, you know, we can certainly raise a glass to that. Yeah, here's to safety. Here's to not dying. Here's to being honest with each other about how you feel. Seize the moment. Carpe diem. Yeah, like it. Visit your dentist regularly. You never know when your body will need to be identified. That's good advice. Yeah. <laughs> this has been Where Nobody Knows Your Name, a Cheers podcast. Remember, be safe. Don't forget to floss. Floss.